Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville! It's time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast, your weekly podcast of the weird, the unusual, the bizarre, the eerie, the spooky, the supernatural, the paranormal, preternatural, uh, fun time, good adventure, happy hour, plus give or take podcast that you listen to every week here on your favorite podcast provider listening platform with uh, me, one of your hosts, Adam Beebe. And of course, as always, with me is the smiling sensei, Mr. Barry Johnston. Hello, Barry. Hello, Professor. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Thank you very much. Good. That time of year where we're getting geared up for for the holidays here, we're wrapping the presents. I say we, it's really my wife that's doing the heavy lifting when it comes Mm -hmm. to that. And Mm -hmm. uh, this year we are hosting our uh, in-laws, so they'll be here for about a week. And uh, looking forward to it. We don't get to see them much, so we're looking forward to that. Cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah I'll, be, I'll be traveling south to visit my mom and my sister and my nephews down there in uh, North Carolina. Um, and that's always fun. I always look to get around, get, spend time with family. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing that kind of sucks is that I don't have uh, time to go see some you know my old friends while that who are still there yeah when i'm gone because you know i mean really got to uh you know focus on the family yeah and uh um without me when i'm with me not driving there i don't have wheels really so. right yeah that's always hard to try to find time to figure out how to fit everybody in it's definitely yeah. uh, a chore to do that whenever you're visiting I know that whenever we go up north for the holidays, I got so many friends I would love to see, but it's just ta- it's hard because you're, yeah, you know, you're you you've already got your time sort of, you know, demanded by the family and and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and uh, and you know, I mean, it's it's just you know with with COVID and all that, you know, the, the those couple of years there, that was. Uh, yeah, that was tough to make that happen, and then mm-hmm. you know all the stuff that uh, that we're going through today with our uh, economy and stuff. It's uh, you gotta you gotta stay home. You gotta save your money if you can. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like uh, uh, most of my friends who are there, none of them live in the same town. Yeah, uh, that my mom and sister live. You know, they're all scattered out throughout the the state. Sure. Uh, so it's just you know it's really hard to track people down of course everybody else has got their own uh holidays you know things going around on sure. you know with their families and, and whatnot so yeah but you know hey it's it's still holidays it's your families either it's your uh blood family um or the one that you've created with your friends and other people um 
you know, it's it's what it is. It's time for family. Yeah. And uh, which is interestingly linked to, uh, I guess, today's episode. Yeah, we're growing our extended family and continuing to bring in some folks from up north, our That's relatives, right. our friends up in Canada. Yes, we do love uh, the great white north. I can't do it, you know, but if you're into <laughs> the, uh, if you know the McKinsey brothers, if you know Strange Brew, yep. um, every time we talk to somebody from Canada, we always end up mentioning this. But this is what we, that was our first experience of Canada. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Canadian people, Canadian culture. And uh, we, Hoser, we love eh? them. Yeah. Hey, hello. <laughs> hey, Hoser, eh? Yeah. That, that was, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think we watched that movie far too much when we were oh, kids. Yes. Oh, that yes. was a great, great movie. And, uh, and sadly, one that doesn't get brought up too much as far as classics. I know it, dude. I know it's completely, you know, kind of underground, but yeah. uh, it yeah. will remain cult classic. So, Strange Brew, highly recommend. Good, good for holidays viewing. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And, you know, as well. So, absolutely. Um, but our guest today is Linda, and Linda has a really interesting story about uh, finding family, yeah. uh, finding her her. Her dad, after uh, not knowing him for you know, so um, it this is a really cool story, and it's definitely not like anything we've had before, and it's kind of a you know a mystery, and uh, yeah. we would uh, we we really we had a great time talking to to Linda, and it's a great story. So we hope that you enjoy the conversation as well. And we will go ahead and get that uh, going. Linda, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story? So my weird story is I only met my biological father when I was 22 years old. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. And he never knew that I was in the world either. So. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a, yeah, that's a big wow. So I was a big surprise for him when I came along. Um, and the story is really such an interesting story. Like um, I, you know, lived in Moncton, New Brunswick my whole life. And, uh, you know, I was very limited here. So I, you know, I had a friend that moved to BC and I was like, I'm, I'm going there and I'm going to just make my way in the world away from my family and, and mm. anybody that ever knew you know, my history or who I was growing up. So I did that, uh, moved away. I uh, found my passion in life. I started working in a health food store and uh, was really loving life. And there was always just this little thing eating at the back of my mind, just, you know, that I was never going to really have this strong uh, and healthy male relationship in my life until I found my dad, my real dad. Mm -hmm. I know him, right? Sure. And so um, I only knew his name and I knew that he was from, so he's from Boystown, Fredericton. So it's like a little country spot outside of Fredericton. And uh, it, I think it might have like 300 people that live there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just go in the phone book on Boystown and I called every single person with the last name Lyons. <laughs> oh, wow. And okay. of course, well, I mean. Okay, so you knew your last, you knew the last name? I knew I knew his first and last name. Okay. Uh, my mom 
told me, my mom told me when I was four, because I was already calling this other man dad. And she said, you know, he's not your dad. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. And so I don't, I think it wasn't until like 16 when I started having these like really crazy epiphanies of like, okay, wait a minute. Like, who is my dad? Like, what's his name? And then my mom's like, oh yeah, you've been looking at pictures of him in your whole life. I'm like, I've been asking you who this is in this picture my whole life. And like at 16, you're just telling me now this is my father. Wow. Wow. So <laughs> did, yeah, did, did, did she just kind of like, I, 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 I mean, did she just, was she just like, I don't want to say this was your mom kind of flaky about it, but you know, did she just not want to, tell you or did she just think that it didn't matter or was it what I mean you know if her if she was showing you pictures of this man and wasn't saying you know that's your real dad not this yeah. guy that you've been calling dad or whatever exactly yeah she just she just would say like every time I said oh who are those because I, I mean as a kid obviously you know she this was my baby book right like right this, and, and I would always see these pictures. I'd be like, who's that? Oh, those are my friends from Winnipeg. Who is that? Oh, some other friends. Who's that? Oh, but she never told me names. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's and bizarre. Then I was doing a self-portrait in art class. <laughs> and I was like, geez, you know, I wish I had at least a picture. You have a picture? I do. <laughs> and then she pulls out this book I've been looking at my whole life. And oh, like, wow. Pulls it out. And she's like, here he is right here. Okay. Okay. Now wait. No. We, we, let's go back because there's so many questions. But like, okay. So, so you're born, and your mother is married to someone else at that time. Oh. No. Okay. okay. And then so yeah. Started dating this man about six months pregnant. In so this man comes into her life. They get together. They break up when I'm six months old. Okay. 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 So they were only together about nine months themselves. And then he just continued because I was already calling him dad. So he just continued taking me like I was his daughter. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Okay. So from literally since the time you were born uh, until you're 16, that's when nope. you... I only met him when I was 22. Okay. Okay. But I mean, the, the person that you called dad, right? No, um, so he he left my life when I was 11. Okay, okay, okay. gotcha, gotcha. I was and I never, I, I found him again at uh, 16, which was a really interesting experience, and we've never spoken again. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there was some very odd things that took place that I was like, yeah, you know, I okay. think I need in my life, so. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> fair wow. enough, fair enough. So you'd already lived a lot of life by the time you are 16, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I moved to BC. Um, Which is, for the, for most of us that are here in America, um, New Brunswick is way over. On the other side. Past, past right. Maine so, on so the East Coast. It, yeah, let's just put it this way. I'm on the East Coast, and I went yeah. to. Pacific Coast. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah. So BC is way over on the other side, past California. <laughs> so it's like you know, all, yeah. For for us Americans, it's all of America away. <laughs> right. That's I mean, right. It's you know. So yeah. Wow. So that's okay. A, that's a that's a hike. That's a that's a bit of a distance to to move to, and definitely, uh, if you're wanting to get away. That's getting away, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a quarter of the world, <laughs> basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really wow. was. And so, yeah. And when I moved there, I mean, I was, I was 20 when I moved there and, um, my friends that I moved there with, they were like hardcore partiers. Not that I didn't party myself, but I was just a little bit more serious about life than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you know, I went there, I think I had a thousand bucks and that thousand bucks lasted me like forever. And it was oh, like, wow. I started taking these classes at the unemployment building there and like learning how to like promote, like how to have interviews and like how to get a good job. And then, um, I went, I found this little, it was called Walnut Grove just outside of, um, Langley, uh, just a little community. I loved it. I was like, that's where I'm going to be. So I found a room to rent there and I just brought resumes to like every little store that I was walking distance from the place I was living. And one called me back and it was a health food store. And this lady was like, you know, I go in there and, um, she gives me all this reading material. Go home, read this for the week, and you're going to come back and write a test on Monday. And <laughs> I go home, and I I partied all weekend. And then I went back, like, Sunday night, I get home and trying to cram all this information. <laughs> go And I write the test, and then she calls me that afternoon. She's like, you failed miserably. Study again tonight and come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, and... Anyways, it was she was amazing. Well, she she, like, she must have seen something in you. Yeah, yeah, for she sure. She did. Yeah, she really we we hit it off, and and she really gave me a good solid uh, education on you know supplementing the human body, how things work, and what happens. And so yeah, and and so I was really like passionate. You know, I was really like finding myself in a big, huge way in this environment. And, but still this like inkling, like this depression kept, was always like sitting mm-hmm. and I always associated it with not knowing, you know, my real dad, mm. like getting to know him. Sure. So, yeah. So I just opened up the phone book and called everybody with that last name in that Boys Town city. And, um, I had one lady who was like, you know, this is not a big city. I'm going to start asking around. And within a week, I got a call from another uh, lady saying her brother had the same name as my dad, Larry Lyons. Okay. And so... Which which sounds kind of like either a comedian or a superhero. That is a great name. (laughs) You know? I I was actually just... I'm writing a book right now, uh, and I'm talking about the power of healing that we have in our imagination. And this is the example that I use, because I always... Like, I knew pretty young that his name was Larry Lyons, right? I can't say no. I can't say I knew pretty young. But as soon as I did know his name, like, the the lion became such a center point for me of strength. And, like, Mm -hmm. I really... You know, every everywhere I lived, I always had lions around me because mm. it just had this regal feeling of like, you know, this masculinity that I missed in my life. Sure. So I kind of replaced the actual person with a lion. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Um, There's yeah. a lot of symbolism, a lot of symbology there that you yeah. are, you know, it's almost, you know. It's almost magical thinking, you know, It's because it's intent, you know, and it's also like you're, you're imbuing these, you know, objects with, you know, this. they're informing you of this, uh, this like you said, the, the masculine energy, and they're kind of, you know, totems or reminders of this, of your dad that you don't know, but you know who he is and he's out there. That's right. So, yeah. That's, and that's wow. that- so, 
anyways, so I get a call back from her and um, she says to call this other lady, call her, call, then she gives me her number for her brother. And this is where it gets really interesting. So I call her brother and her brother is like, so who are you? Oh, and I said, oh, my name is da da da. And my mother's name is da da da. And, um, you know, if, if you were, you would have had, you know, an affair with her about, you know, 21 years ago, 22 years ago at the time. Nope, that name is not familiar. I don't know anybody by that name. Never met anybody by that name. Um, but, you know, there was a, a, a boy that grew up up the street from me with the same name as me. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think you want him as a dad. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's some honesty there. Right. <laughs> that you may or that's may a, not want. That's some <laughs> classic Canadian honesty yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, then he's like, I know his cousin. I'll give you his name number for his cousin. And like not recognizing the four hour difference. Cause, um, you know, so I, you know, call these people at the worst time, you know, I get off work. It was like around six o'clock in the evening and it's already 10 o'clock here. Right. And uh, they're like, you know, hung up on me a couple times, <laughs> just, you know, I guess inappropriately calling at 10 o'clock at night. Um, then finally, I call in the afternoon on a Saturday and I got through to somebody and then they give me a number to who it would be my uncle. Uh, so I call him and he's, you know, we've never heard anything of you before. And, you know, like kind of giving me crap, too. Right. Oh, okay. And then he's like, but, you know. We wouldn't have helped you because apparently there was another girl calling a couple of years prior to this saying that he was her dad, too. Oh, wow. Oh, so Larry the lion is a lover. <laughs> right? <laughs> but anyways, He's got a pride. <laughs> right. Apparently it turned out it wasn't true. And so, um, but, you know, he just flew in that day to surprise his mom for Mother's Day. So, you know, he was going to help me. But otherwise, he wouldn't have helped me. He wasn't going to give sure. me a curfew still in Edmonton. Because Edmonton was where he lived mm -hmm. in Alberta. So, anyways, next thing you know, I'm talking to my dad on the phone. Um, and so he's like, you know, I said, you know, you had an affair with this woman 22 years ago. And was it, I don't think it was 22 years ago. And I, was, and I got really sharp with him. Like, you know, well, either... You got your years crossed, or my mom's a fucking liar. So excuse my language if I'm not. Supposed to be there, <laughs> no, but. you're good. <laughs> oh, you're totally fine. We encourage it. Okay. <laughs> so you know, you better take a moment here and figure it out because this is my life we're talking about. You know. Sure. And so he's like, okay, okay, okay. Let me think about this. You're now. Uh, well, maybe, maybe it is right. Maybe you know. Um, so then we started talking, and uh, he came back to Edmonton. Uh, so then we continue talking and then he paid for me to take a flight to Edmonton to meet him in person. Wow. Now, this is where it gets really funny because we didn't say I'll be dressed like this or you can find me here or anything. Yeah. We're just going to know when we see each other. So I fly in, I get off the plane, I get my luggage and uh, I'm standing there and there's like nobody looking like looking for somebody. Mm hmm. So it started to become this like really odd buddy, you know, like, and I'm like looking at these random men's faces, like, are you my dad? 
<laughs> you know, like they're yeah. make eye contact. They're like, why is that lady looking at me? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just this really odd <laughs> experience. And then finally I just was like, I'm just going to have to figure out how I'm going to get back. Cause this guy totally bailed on me. Right. Mm. I sit down, like I'm here, I'm there for an hour now. So I sit down on the chair and I'm thinking, okay, like, I'm going to have to get a ticket back to where I just came from and looking a little defeated, but still looking at odd men as they walk by. Like, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this person starts walking and he's kind of walking and he's looking at me and then he's slowing down and slowing down. And then I was like, Larry, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, then it's like the oddest thing, you know, before I left on that flight. And, and this was like one of the biggest, I think, you know, when you, I don't know if you know this feeling, but when you live your whole life, knowing one type of reality, your whole life. Yeah. And then it's almost like you have a castle that's built. And when you take out the most important block of that castle and everything comes crashing down. I had this moment, I was supposed to go to this rave with some friends and uh, they showed up at my house to pick me up and I couldn't find my keys. Yeah. And I took a complete nervous breakdown, like right there, like curled up right into a ball and like messaged them on the phone. Like, yeah, I'm not coming. Like, <laughs> and I fell asleep like right there on the yeah. floor. And then I end up like waking up to, wow, like I really found my dad and I really am like, this is really happening, you know? Sure. And then, so, um, sorry, my dog, my dog is bugging. You're good. Uh, that is, I want to talk about that for a second because like you must've been, it must've been an out of body experience almost. Like I'm just thinking about if, if I'm meeting someone for the first time, that I've have anticipation to meet face to face, I'd be freaking out a little bit, man. I'd be super nervous. And the fact that it's your father and it's somebody that you you've you've wanted to meet so badly, I mean, you must have been yeah. you must have it must have been an emotional roller coaster for you. Oh, it was. It really was. But I don't think that after I met him. So so I meet him. And like we spent, I spent it with him and like, you know, I had a really rough upbringing. So it was like everything, I just poured my guts out, you know, and he just, you know, tears and like snot and like, and he just like sit there and hold me and wow. like, just, it was so, it was a very magical experience. Wow. After that, it seemed like all that stuff stopped mattering. Like that story that I grew up in didn't mm -hmm. matter after I told my dad about it. Sure. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine that is a, you know, well, yeah. I mean, th think of it from his side too. He had no clue and, and, yeah. and, and to, and to have, to have that happen to you where out of the blue, you have someone call and they are telling you this story. And then now you're face to face with someone that you created help to create it's uh that's tough man and sometimes in life we make decisions 
that when we're young, we just don't think about the consequences or maybe some other things that might be there when you leave. And now you're looking at a thing that you didn't know existed. And as a part of you, I could just imagine how that would make him feel, man. That would be heavy. Yeah. And it's not like I'm coming with like, like this, like beautiful life that I lived. Like it was like, yeah, no, there's some heavy friggin' shit that went on there. Right. Sure. And you said, you said that, I'm sorry. You said that somebody tried like to scam him with this. Yeah. That somebody came a couple years before doing the same thing. That is really weird. Really wild. It is. And, and actually I have um, a brother through him that they, that uh, he didn't, well, I can't say that he didn't know. He knew he was the dad, but they kept him from mm. my dad. My, my Like when they, when that guy was like, you don't want him for a dad. I, I really think that probably I didn't want him for a dad in his younger years. Like he sure. told me, yeah, he told me he had to go through a lot of counseling. Like he worked really hard on himself after he, after he broke up with my mom, like after mm. that whole situation took place, what ended up happening was he got beat up really bad because of some of the things that he was doing. And that's what made him just like, you know, beat the feet right to Alberta away from here. And he never came back to Moncton ever. Wow. Wow. I yeah, mean, I and that is, see, now there's another avenue. That's a, that's a tale of redemption there on his part. I mean, we've all done things that we aren't proud of when we were younger. And we're living in a time now where these young kids are growing up expected to be perfect. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't grow as a person because you're already supposed to come out of the womb a perfect individual and know exactly what to say and how to say it. You know, and it's oh. like impossible. Yeah, can I just add that we just expect our children to be like emotionally more emotionally intelligent than we are. Yeah. Emotional intelligence is something we lack in our culture. Yeah, and it's impossible when you come from a situation that's not perfect. Yeah. You're talking about people that have grown up against the odds and and you know, I always say that I'm so happy that these these things right here did not come out uh when I was a kid. I would have been in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> My, you would have buried. Oh, I would have. If you had a cell phone and and photograph, man. Oh, I, mean, I would have been everybody done. Everybody had a camera just on them at all times. You oh, know, I would have been canceled at the, twelve. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> on those days, you know, yeah. the nineties and the eighties and the and I mean, you know, the seventies or just in general, any time before uh, yeah. they did come around. I mean, I'm glad texting didn't come around when I was still drinking and chasing after girls. Um, because I would have been, yeah, boy, I would have been messy all around. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. but that's awesome. I mean that, wow. I mean, that is, that's incredible. I want you to continue, but I mean, that is just like, I love stories like that because I don't know if it's the way we grew up or whatever, but it's like, I love, I love a, a person that has decided to turn their life around, you know? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, after that, uh, he offered for me to move to Alberta to stay with him and he'd help me through school. Uh, so I went back to college and wow. upgraded all school marks. And then I got into a holistic health uh, program that was there in Edmonton. He helped me get my own place and car. And wow. Uh, 
yeah, we built a very solid, beautiful relationship. And I had that for 14 years and he passed That's... away in uh, 2015. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, I went there. I spent six weeks with him every day. Wow. Wow. You know, yeah, that is, that story could, that story could have been different. Absolutely. And I I was just saying that as I was finding my dad uh, there, I I lived with this awesome set of girls and ladies. um, And one of them, she was uh, adopted. And when she found her adopted, uh, like her biological parents, they wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. And so my story kind of put a little bit of salt on the wound for her. Um, because, you know, it, it did turn out to be a story that helped me to thrive in my. It's uh, often, unfortunately, when people who are, are adopted do go and try to find their families, that family members don't want anything to do with them. My mother was adopted in uh, the 40s. And um, she knew who her mother was because her adoptive mother, my nana, kind of uh, found out who my mom's mother was. And so my mom got in contact, I think, probably my mom was in her 30s. And um, her adopted mother, you know, was, was very hesitant on meeting my mom because uh, she had other children and she did not want my mom to meet her siblings and she did not want my mom to attend her funeral. Oh. Yeah. And um, it was very, obviously very hurtful. <laughs> on the other side of the coin, my mom grew up in a family that was very, very, a very great amazing family so she had a lot of comforts in life and a lot of opportunities that you know because of her adopted parents uh but she never she hadn't found out who her dad was so my nana uh who's my my grand my grandmother my mom's adopted mother um she did not know who uh, her, my mom's father was, and because it, it wasn't on the on any paperwork, and she tried checking out, she had no luck. And then, uh, so my mom, who she spent, uh, you know, a good portion of her life after she had found her mother, she then uh, years later decided to try and track down her father. And there were a couple of leads, but they, she wasn't sure which was which. And then uh, one day she. Found one she was thought was pretty sure it was this guy, and um, she called me while I was at work, and she told me this just a wild story about this man who was her um, potentially her real father. Uh, he was kind of a uh, he was a soldier in World War Two, and of course my mom was born. Uh, Right after or right there, World War Two, at the end of it, um, and and her, you know, parents weren't married, and he was a soldier, and he uh, had a relationship with this woman that was her mother, and my mom was the the uh, result of the coupling, and um, 
you know, uh, he, uh, this guy was kind of a, uh, kind of a ladies man, kind of a ne'er-do-well, kind of spent, uh, most of his time while he was in the, uh, in the military, in the brig, you know? So, um, he eventually got, I guess, drummed out of the military for spending too much time in the brig and, uh, just kind of was, you know, not, 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 not the, uh, most, um, uh, not you know, not the best member of society, as it were. Um, yeah. But you know, again, uh, drinking and, and and fighting and gambling and whatnot. And uh, so you know, I mean, this is I was like, I was like, oh, well, this is very interesting. This is maybe where uh, the our uh, the wild streak uh, it comes in our family because, as you know. Uh, the most of our family, Barry, the BB's side especially, are very, very uh, subdued, very, uh, just very good, honest citizens. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so um, she she tracks down this guy and uh, he he escape. She he 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 has a heart attack in his driveway. Oh wow. In a car. This oh. is how he died, and he's like in his, I think, fifties or maybe even early sixties. Oh damn! Um, so he had had a, he died in his, in a car in his driveway. Uh, so he just got home, um, and the car that he was in was a stolen police car. Oh, because he had busted out of jail. Oh. The the day or the night before, and he drove home, and he got there clean and free and then he got to his house and he and he had a heart attack and died wow. there in the driveway so, oh wow so he, this this man uh, who was you know who she thought was potentially her father um, he he died in a car in the driveway uh, at his house but the car was a stolen police car oh, wow. that he stole oh. uh, after breaking out of jail at like you know somewhere at like in his sixties. Oh wow! Um, and so, you know, and I always thought that was kind of awesome because you know that's like the, the you know okay the, here's where I get my wild streak from, um, you know here's where <laughs> the wild person in the family comes from. Uh, you know, because the rest of my family, as Barry well knows, is very meek, well-behaved people, and so <laughs> the black sheep gene. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but sadly, and or or unsadly, however you want to look at it, that wasn't that ended up not being that guy. It ended up being another man who she found probably, you know, probably. About five or six years ago now. Oh. So my mom was, you know, she was like in her, um, you know, sixties or seventies, early seventies, when she finally found out who her dad was, who had a long past. But wow, you know, she did finally figure out who you know this man was, and she has since contacted some of her siblings, um. On both sides, and they everything they've always been very, for the most part, very accepting of wow. her, and very like she's met a couple of them since. Wow! And uh, you know, it's it's weird, but you know, it's is family, and the older we get, the more family really really means to yeah. us. You know, 
Yeah. And so, you know, here she is for the first time in her life <clears throat> meeting a complete stranger who she's never never had any kind of inter- interaction with, but yet they have that that bond of, you know, of blood. Yeah. Uh, so Sure. So what, I get it, you know. Yeah, that, I, yeah. That mystery family thing. I mean, there's we all love a good mystery, you know. Yeah. And uh tracking one down and I it just it's like, you know, you found you found gold, you know? It seems yeah. like you found a lot of gold there in uh, Mr. Larry Lyons. That's right. And I think that the biggest thing was how many different mannerisms that I was so alike him. Oh, you know? really? Yeah, like even to like our teeth kind of being crooked in the same places. Oh, wow. And um like uh, demeanors and yeah. things that it's like, wow, I, I never knew you my whole life yet that I'm just like you. And that, that way. must been so trippy. It was <laughs> like, even the way that he would laugh. Like I always had a very different laugh. Like I didn't laugh like my mom. I yeah. didn't laugh mm-hmm. as in my family. But then when I met him, I was like, Oh, look at that. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is that is fascinating. I I uh, I, I see that sometimes in 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 uh, like especially when I when like my 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 wife's family because I guess my own family I'm so used to being around the mannerisms and the things like that that we share. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but when I'm when we don't see my wife's family for a while and then we're together, I'm reminded. You know, oh wow, they you know this is the way they do things. I mean, you know, it's like the the thing that they do. And I must say that like that drive to find him, uh can you speak on that a little bit? Was it just like this internal sort of thing that you had to do? Like Yeah. Yeah. I needed to find the other half of me. Yeah. Like I didn't know like there were so many missing pieces. Mm-hmm. Of myself. And I also knew that, like, the men that I was attracting into my life, like, I, emotional connection, forget it. At that point, there was no, mm. like, if somebody talked about a long term relationship, I was running in the other direction because I was just, like, emotionally just not able. But, and I was young. And, but at the same time, it was just like, no, I, I needed to find the other half of me, find, yeah, there was like this joining that had to happen. And and it's really interesting because after I did find him, I'll tell you, I moved, you know, I moved away from Edmonton, Alberta, and I ended up living in Ontario for a while to going to school there for a bit. And I had my own place and my dad was, you know, he'd always send me flowers on uh, Valentine's and, oh man, you know, Christmas, I always had big, you know, gifts and he just always made sure no matter where I was that he wow. said, right. I was, I'm terrible at that. You know, like <laughs> I can't do long distance relationship, like packing stuff and like sending <laughs> yeah. thing, but he always made sure. So anyways, one day I got into my new place and, uh, I go to the door and, you know, this person is delivering these flowers for me. And so I take the flowers in and I read the card and it says with love from mom and dad. And instantly for the first time in my life, I felt what it may have felt like to receive something from both my mom and dad at the same time. Wow. Oh, wow. And it was just this, like, it's like an epiphany. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's what that would feel like. Right. And then it, it 
he was like, yeah, my mom is definitely not in on this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way that she would have a conversation with him, like, ever. Well, he, yeah, he put in effort. It sounds he like he did the yeah. best he could with the time that he had, which is beautiful. It could make me cry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He really did. And actually, my mom came to visit me one time um, when I was living on my own in Edmonton. And, um, and you know, he, I knew that he was upset with my mom, obviously. Who wouldn't? You know, yeah. he right, took, right. you know, this, this opportunity for love and connection. And um, so... I was going to school at the time, so I had to go to school during the day. So he would say, oh, I'll come pick you up and, you know, take you, you know, show you around Edmonton or whatever. And he said some hurtful things to my mom. And he was kind of trying to manipulate the situation. And uh, he was trying to try, you know, manipulate other situations in my life to get me to, you know, move in certain directions. And I had to kind of cut him out for a little bit. Mm. And like daily calls, mail, emails, letters in the mail. <laughs> and I think that was four months of that. And I was like, okay, like, you know, if you want to be in my life, you have to be honest and not, you know, I'm, I'm a grown person. You can't yeah. manipulate me now. Like it's um, like, I have to make my choices and my mistakes. Mm -hmm. I can't you know, have somebody kind of interrupting like that. And so we really had to kind of find our path as to where that was going to go. I, there was another, actually, when I first moved to Edmonton and we were living together, he was very, like, he was very, he was a depressant. So there was some days I'd come home from school and he'd just be like sitting in the chair and he wouldn't talk to me for days. Mm. Uh, and, and I couldn't tell, like, did I do something wrong? Like mm. what was happening? Right. <laughs> Um, and so it was really starting to affect me. I'm, I'm an empath. I pick up everybody's energy, especially like at that time, I was still figuring that stuff out about myself. Yeah. And so it was like that depression and that heaviness was, I was taking even more of it on. So it was even like, you know, I was depressed before, but it was like getting worse, you know, yeah. and I thought it was better. Um, and so I, I go to this, I go to this clinic one time, this lady recommended I go to this clinic. So I go. And, um, I sit down with this psych psychiatrist and I like instantly, as soon as I start talking about the situation, it's just like tears are flowing and like, you know, I'm explaining, like I met my dad and I'm dating this guy and it's not going well. And like, I'm in school and I'm trying to do this. And like, and she's like, girl, you need antidepressants. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think like I've been through a lot in my life. Like, I think I can get through it. I just need somebody to live. Nope. I'm not dealing with your depression for six months. She actually said this. I'm not dealing with your depression for six months. You're going on medication. Wow. You got to deal with. And I was like, okay. Uh, and, and I left there like feeling so defeated, like, oh my gosh, am I going to take this medication? And I get home and I call my spiritual mentor that I had from here. And I said, I just left that doctor's appointment and she was adamant that I take, don't you dare take that medication, Linda. <laughs> you're a strong woman. You're going to get through this. Like you're amazing. Like don't do that to yourself, you know? And I was like, yeah, you're right. And it was really just, I needed to get out of there. Sure. Cause as soon as I got out of there, like our relationship got a lot better. I got a lot better. I got like clearer in my own energy. And, and then when we would see each other, it was more quality, you know, we could have clear conversation and because he had his time to think about it. I had my time and then it was easier. Sure. Like, 
yeah a lot better and and time is more precious when it's limited you know mm-hmm. with with people and with you know family members especially you know the ones who like there's certain family members that I have that the further away we are, the better we get along, you know? Right. And, as, and we still, we're, you know, we're blood, we're family, we love each other, yeah. you know? But if there's a distance between, then it just seems like that makes it to where we're not always in each other's orbit, so we're not crashing and clashing. Because, you know, one thing about families, as I'm sure everybody knows, is that nobody can push your buttons faster and <laughs> cause some kind of reaction in yeah. the mo- you know than a family member who either is or isn't even meaning to you know yeah right so absolutely yeah so once i got going on my in my own place then our relationship really a lot more comfortable. it got a lot easier got a lot smoother and and you know once i started school and studying like, getting into what i wanted to be studying then life got even better you know that's great. That's awesome. Amazing. And that's the day I became a man. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Weirdsville, didn't see you there listening to Barry and Mine's conversation. But hey, we'll save that one for another time. But we do want to hear your stories about growing up, all your high school hijinks, all of your childhood rivalries, your sibling rivalries, your revenge on the siblings, all those fun family affairs, all the good times, all the laughter, all the stories you share around the Thanksgiving spread or the holiday meal or the night before where everybody goes out to the bar and gets lit. Seems like that's some kind of tradition. So contact us through our email wywspod at gmail.com Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and also you call and leave us a message at 513-909-9821 Hey, let's get back to that story. So, um, so you, you seem like a spiritual person. You've sort of, you know, we talked about that a little bit. How has that played a role in your life as far as your direction and keeping you on a path? Is that something that you find is like crucial to your existence? Absolutely. Yeah. I, so when I started opening, like I opened up spiritually, I was, I was 19 years old. Um, and I remember, like, just, it's like I found myself, you know, and I was, mm-hmm. I was surrounded by a really great group of friends and so supportive and uh, accepting and loving. And, and I never had anything like that in my life yeah. growing up. So it really opened me up to this. And I, and I made a vow to myself at that point, like this, I'm never going to let this go. Like I'm, if it goes away, I'm going to keep going until I find it again and again and mm. again. And that was part of that, right? Um, so finding my dad was that, you know, finding and then that connection and that acceptance and love and, you know, having him to be able to, I remember like sometimes getting home from the bar at two or three in the morning and like calling my dad on the phone and being like, you know, just asking stupid questions. Like, what do you think of, 
why is the sky blue? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'd just be right there to That's just, great. you know, go to those depths with me of like, what is this? Why is this happening? Or, you know. Was he spiritually? Yeah. Was he spiritually driven? Um, I don't think so. But he didn't mind, like, if I had questions about something to just dive into any any topic. Like, he just he just wanted my attention as yeah. much as he have it. I feel sure. Yeah. You know, like if I was willing to call him about anything, he was willing to dive into that topic as much as he could. And I mean, he was kind of like philosophical in the sense of like, well, you know, you're the type of person that you know, he always liked to say, I'm the type of person. Well, that's in our family, you know, right. But, you know, we always seen that kind of thing in our family. Um, and, and it was really interesting um, before I met him and I was living in BC on my own. Um, I would. I was always a daredevil when it came to walk. Like I would go walking through the woods at night all by myself because I felt like, you know, <laughs> I, I really put my guides to the test, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember at that time there was a bunch of women going missing around these mm. and everybody would be like, Oh my God, don't walk at night. And I would be like, no way I'm walking through the woods at night. Um, because I just always wanted to put, like, put it to the test, you know, and how protected am I? And when I found him, he talked to me about, um, his father had passed away when he was a little bit young and, um, he always felt like he would, like, well, he told me that he was like this really strong, like woodsman. And, and after he said that to me, I was like, yeah, that's probably the protection I've always felt. Huh. Interesting. And, and I always felt like, and I still feel it, that, you know, I just have this protection. I just know it, yeah. you know? That's very interesting. It goes back to the uh, the things that are in your genes, that are in your bones, in your blood, that you just can't explain, that are there. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think there's something to that. I think that, you know, if you allow yourself to feel and to be open to those kinds of ideas, then that's... Um, it's not a bad thing to do, you know? Um, no. It, yeah. It's allowed to take more risks. Yeah. It's allowed sure. to put myself, you know, into much more uncomfortable situations and really put myself to the test. Yeah. Like, really made of, you know? Right. Uh, and, and I just trust, you know, I have, it's so funny because I'm a person, I can't just do one thing. I have to have like a lot of things going all the time and people get really uncomfortable with this. And I bring a lot of creation to the world. Like I've created, um, these runes, they're little rocks that I etched symbols into oh, cool. and people, uh, awesome. so I have sets of those. I've written a couple books. I have, uh, businesses, you know, I do retreats. I have a food truck. I got, damn girl. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this, this makes a lot of people really uncomfortable, you know, because um, I, I don't, I remember I was talking to a friend one time, yeah, and I'm going to do this and I'm starting this. And he's like, Jesus, like, I can't keep up with you. Like, it's like, <laughs> I talk to you because I just feel like you're just doing too much. And, and like, yeah, but this is how I feel about it is I'm doing this and I don't like to tread in the mud. Sure. You know? like, oh, yeah, man. I, 
project into reality. It's like, I can work so much at it. And then it feels like, oh, it's like, you're like moving baby pace with it. And, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm like, if I just leave that and I, br- I go work on this now and, and it's like, everything's moving fast and it's going good. And then that starts to slow down and then you move on to the next and it's going, yeah. and then you come back to that first thing you were doing. And it's like, yeah, everything's moving is doing good. Right, and it's, right. Oh, and then when it starts to kind of feel like you're trudging in the mud, I just don't want that energy on my project. I understand. I understand. I, I relate to that mm-hmm. for sure. That is a part of, if that is in your personality, then you have to do that. You must do that. If, you, if you're a person that, that has to create and needs those things, you, you need to do that or else you're stifling yourself. And that's not fair to anyone. That's uh, right. Now, let's talk about your books and promote whatever you have to promote because I'm sure people out there are curious to, 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 to know what you got going on. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I am in the process right now. So, Oh, this is another little tiny weird story I'm going to throw in there cool. because it, it changed my entire life just recently. Okay. Um, so in March I sold my rental property to really go all in into this like spiritual business I've been building over the last like seven years. Right. Okay. And I built a retreat. I really, uh, you know, built up my food truck this year in a, in a big way. And I started investing in my inner child and advertising and really like I, so I do inner child, um, facilitation and shadow work facilitation. This is my passion. This is what I do as my day job. And I help people, you know, uh, shift emotions and move into a place where they're really thriving in their world. Okay. And and I'm very successful at this. I love it. Um, so I'm, you know, working with a coach all summer long. I got my retreats going. Everything is like really kind of going on this upswing really fast. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I get a message from Facebook and my whole business is on Facebook that I am being um, reviewed because there's somebody who complained about a post. They oh, showed no. me the, the post was um, um, just, it was a simple, oh, I accomplished this last year and I'm going to be accomplishing that next year. And somebody didn't like it. So I was like, okay, so they, you know, paused me for a month. I sent them every bit of information that I could, that they were asking for nothing, nothing, nothing. At the end of the month, I'm deactivated, lost everything. I had 12 business pages that, and, and like years and years of building and information building and, and everything is all gone. Oh, that's terrible. What did they, sorry. That's okay. What what, what did they say that was, that you what face what facebook crime had you committed i didn't they somebody complained about the post so somebody reported the post as offensive that's ridiculous okay. all right, it's wild so i lost that everything sucks. like all years and years of information and and all of the projects that i had going were all like geared towards that you know what i mean wow god so it was like a huge, like a freight train having to come to a complete stop. 
And, um, I was like, Oh crap, like, what am I going to do? And I woke up one morning and I was like, I was working with this old mentor. He had written books that had been made into movies two times. And I hadn't talked to him in a few years. Cause I mean, he's like, just a little bit of time that I spent with him. Like I didn't need a lot. He just, you know, like really helped me a lot. So I called him up and I told him what happened. And, and he's like, Linda, that's terrible. And I was like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how do I pick myself up from this like yeah. as fast as possible? And um, he said, well, Linda, write a book and do some public speaking. And I was like, okay. And so he told me to submit to him, you know, if I could write a book, submit to him 12 or 13 chapters. So I did. And then he's like, that's great. Then write your first chapter. We did. I submitted it to him. And he's like, this is great, Linda. I really feel like a lot of people are going to relate to this. And I'm really using the story of finding my dad throughout the inner child healing because mm. I feel like that's how I really came to healing my inner child. Yeah, was through that for really, sure. Right. In a huge way. Um, I got my first inner child healing book, uh, I think it was over 15 years ago, and uh, that, like, blew my mind into a million pieces. Like, um, so I, I was <clears throat> um, learning to play the guitar. I learned to play the guitar when I was 29. Good and for I you. Swear to, yeah, I swear to God, it was like, when I could play the guitar, I was like, okay, my life can be over tomorrow. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, but anyways, the lady that I was working with there, I was kind of telling her a few little things about it. And you know, when you like lingering programming, like the way you think about the world and how you think about yourself. And she's like, Linda, you know, why don't you do some inner child work? And I was like, what the heck is that? I never heard of that before. So we go to the friggin' chapters and there's one book on healing your inner child. And that's John Brown, uh, uh, champion and homecoming, the inner child. I recommend it to everybody. Um, and I took that book home and then the next day I go to work and this lady's like, Hey, I don't know why, but I just, I need to give you this book. And it was uh, Biology of Belief from Bruce Lipton. Okay. And I read these books parallel, and it completely changed me, completely. Um, so Biology of Belief talks about how when you're forming in the womb, you're taking on the emotional imprint from mom and dad, and it's a, it's a survival thing. That's how, you know, our race has survived as long yeah. as it has. Yeah, um, And so, but I mean, this is really becoming outdated, Right. Like that method is becoming outdated because our, our culture and our societies are, are moving so fast yeah. that yeah. that survival mechanisms when you're in the womb, they're just not applicable today. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was like, you know, just kind of putting all those puzzle pieces together really changed my trajectory. Um and then uh I started an Airbnb business after my dad died. <clears throat> And my dad passed away in 2015, 2018. I had uh, built up an Airbnb business, 24 listings on Airbnb. I was the highest rated Airbnb host here in Moncton. I was doing really well. I, I That day I had a meeting with um, a real estate agent. He wanted to bring a hundred, like he had 101 listings that he wanted to bring on. And it was like, okay, like I'm freaking doing this, right? Yeah. And I had a massive car accident. Oh, oh no. man. That yeah, and rode off the car. I walked away. Like, I didn't have a scratch on me. I get home, and, you know, my body was a little bit, I could feel, like, where the seatbelt was. Like, I was really sore. Didn't go to the hospital. But then the following days was, like, I had a, I didn't know what was happening to me. I, 
I couldn't look at my phone. I was having massive headaches. I was very emotionally irritated easily. And then finally I go to my doctor and I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. And she was like, Linda, that sounds like a concussion to me. You yeah. need to go and, and see if that's what it is. So I did. And sure enough, like I had a really bad concussion. Mm. So, um, the Airbnb business is a very high intensity energy. I can imagine business. Right. So it was like, you know, I was managing for, um, homeowners. They were like, not like if they're not happy, I'm dealing with that. And then having so many people come in and it's like so much to manage. And, you know, I, I could did it so easily before, but then, my emotions just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. So emotional wellness was becoming a huge focus for me. I started working with a neuro-linguistic programmer, kind of trying to figure some stuff out with it, and then also doing uh, therapy. Um, uh, what do you call the therapy? Through the doctor. I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. Physio. I had to do physio. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Down the friggin' stairs. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, it's like, what is happening to me? Anyways, so I started doing all that and getting better. Um, and then I was like, God, like, what's happening? Like, I had to reduce my business to my biggest money makers um, and just put it in God's hands. Like, okay, clearly you want me doing something, not this. So what do you want from me? You know, what is it that you want? And then I started seeing these people doing these readings online and I had already created those runes. So I started reading the runes and it was gaining a lot of attention. I started gaining a lot of following. Uh, I finished my book on interpreting your own dreams and I published that. And, um, Oh, cool. Yeah. And I kept my rental, my rental, you know, just kind of filled it with long-term rentals for a long time. You know, I did that for an extra four more years because I just sold this year um, right at the best time. And then, you know, I was going all in. So yeah, like losing everything forced me into writing this book now. Uh, wow. so yeah, this book has been a really great experience, uh, cause you know, interpreting your dreams when I wrote that one, it was just, I was in a different place and it's a different book. It's almost like a workbook, you yeah, know, yeah. where, Whereas this one is really taking my personal experience and it's saying like, you know, these are the reasons why I was able to work through my inner child work and heal my emotions and really start to gain an emotional intelligence that I see is missing in our culture. Oh, man. It's missing across the board and um, really starting to take people like breaking down the process of what I'm doing in my coaching and, and in my in my work and being able to deliver that into a book. So yeah, that's been, that's been a journey. So you can find me on Facebook. I have, um, there, my name is Linda Melanson. You can find uh, my business page on Facebook now is, uh, Tranquil Spirits Connect. Um, and I have to say, because there's two Tranquil Spirits Connect because I had one before, uh, look for the one that says Tranquil Spirits Connect in the big background. Okay. Um, and then I'm also the the Awakened Being on uh, YouTube. Okay. And the Smarty Pants Healer on <laughs> TikTok. Because <laughs> I'm on all these platforms great. now. <laughs> That's great. So if one are, you on, are you on Hive yet? I think Hive is supposed to be the new one. 
No, on Hive. I am on Snapchat, just Linda Melanson. That's because my daughter wants me on there. Apparently, friends think I'm slay. I don't know what that means. I don't either. (laughs) I have no idea. It changes so quickly, the language. (laughs) She came home from school the other day. She's like, all my friends think you're so slay, mom. (laughs) She's like, what does that mean? That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, they were Googling me, and apparently I come up in all my reading videos and everything. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you. I mean, what what a story. And um, I know there's people out there that need to hear this story for sure. It was really touching, and, um, you know, you're you're really fortunate to have had the time that you had with your dad. And that that sounds like, you know, that was really, really amazing amazing thing that you were able to live through and and it sounds like that you're doing well thank you i am i really am yeah and it's all about thriving right yes right. exactly yeah exactly it's it's a taking the all the things that life throws at you and you know making your way through it the best you know trying to overcome but also work through that's right you know? that's right, right. I was listening to this post the other day. It was a basketball coach. I know we're tying it up here, but um, she just said, you know, everybody always gets it in their head. When I do this, it's going to be better when. When I do this, it's going to be better when. And it's never. Yeah. It's like, just have to get better at dealing with the hard. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Yep. The better when syndrome is, uh, that's another trap. It sure is. I, I think as you get older, you start to realize that. And, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how much stuff you've got. Um, that can be a sickness in itself. Mm-hmm. And, and finding happiness in, in the mundane and, and in the normal things in life is kind of where it's at, for mm-hmm. me anyway. Yeah, so, I couldn't agree. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, thank you, Linda. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and ha- giving me this opportunity to speak with you guys. I think you guys are fantastic. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. We think you're pretty rad, too. We think you're slay. We, think you're pretty slay. <laughs> we need to check on that, make sure that's a good thing. <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E-R dash w-e-i-r-d dash s-t-o-r-y and that'll take you right there i mean you can never own enough clothing well that's true barry there's t-shirts for the ladies because you know they're cut differently there's hoodies which are really cool there's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff that's so cool man so if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story currently there are two designs but there will be more going up very soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors that was a heartwarming story really 
yeah, heartwarming and wholesome and great for this time of year. This is a hard time of year for some folks. True, very true. You know, and it's nice to have an, an, a, a, a positive story and you know something that just we haven't had before. It's it's a one of those stories that's kind of unique, and there are other stories out there like this, but we've just never had anybody on, and, and it's such a cool experience to have her on and share that with us. Yeah, it was, and it was just like you said, very heartwarming. It was just incredible that she was able to uh, track her dad down and have a relationship with him. Uh, yeah. You know, even if it was as an adult, she still had a very good, you know, loving, fruitful relationship with him. And, you know, and it wasn't all, uh, you know, sunshine and, 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 and flowers. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, no relationship. It never is. is. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially with family. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, it's, you know, family is, uh, well, it's family. We all know how that goes. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We got to forgive each other for our, our faults. You know, we're all human and as, as perfect as we would like to be, we're just not. And I think the cool thing is, is that she was able to spend some real quality years with, with him and, and develop that relationship. And it could have gone so many different ways, but it was kind of a, the fairy tale in a lot of ways, as far yeah. as that, you know, she was able to, to do that. And, um, yeah, it's just a really, really interesting, you know, thing that you never know what people are going through in life. And this kind of highlights that. And, and we need to, uh, just keep that in mind whenever we're, uh, especially this time of year, cause people have, they don't have time for each other mm-hmm. and, and, and people are always in a hurry and, and, uh, we need to keep in mind that, Folks are going through things, especially these last couple of years, and grace goes a long way. Yes. And, you know, if you're looking through a family photo album and you see people in there, you ask who they are, you know, yeah. find out who they are related to you. Everybody yeah. in there has a story, Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, because there he was all the time Yeah, in the family photo album of hers. You know, just uh, described very, you know, just minimally by her mother as, oh, just a friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But obviously more than just a friend. So, you know, find out. Find out who these mystery people are in your past that you're connected to somehow. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, I mean, it it just enriches your own life. And, and again, everybody has a story. Yep. And, um, you know, if they got an amazing story... Uh, you can come and, and share it here. Tell us all about it on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. And anytime we get guests on that have interesting stories, which is pretty much, you know, it's every week, let's be honest. Every week we have somebody that comes in with something interesting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It helps us to, you know, grow our understanding of the human experience, mm-hmm. and we can connect with one another, and that's what this is really all about. Absolutely. Connecting with other human beings and, you know, sharing our joys and our pains and our experiences and and sharing emotions and and laughter uh those are such important things for our the creatures that we are absolutely Uh, so you know absolutely uh, we thank uh linda for sharing all of that 
with us. We thank all of our guests for sharing their wonderful stories and experiences with us. And uh, we thank you for listening and joining in the community that shares all of these wonderful stories. And speaking of, I mean, next week we have a, another amazing story uh, alike we have not had before. Yeah. And uh, we'll leave it at that because it's a uh, it's a doozy, man. Yeah. Uh, but a fantastic, amazing story uh, from our guest next week. So do turn in for that. Tune in, turn in, turn on, drop out. <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So well, the, other, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> that may or may not be a good idea for the next one because it is riveting. I mean, yes, absolutely. Just when you think that you've heard everything, uh, you, you get one that comes in and you're like, "Whoa, what? Yes, yes. what yeah, is going we, on?" We, we love a curveball, and yeah. we love a cliffhanger, and uh, we had some of those. Uh, so join us next week um, here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Uh, I've been Adam Beebe. He's been Barry Johnston. Yes. Uh, we, we love you all, and be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.